Good afternoon, boxing fans around the world. Back again on Combat Talk Radio, found at combattalkradio.net with a our weekend of boxing updates here. Feel free to check us out. Once again, the site is combattalkradio.net. Leave us some comments, questions, suggestions, feedback on how we're doing, and we will get right into our weekend of boxing. A reasonably stacked deck of boxing here this weekend on Combat Talk Radio. My name is Leister. I'm your host, and we're going to crash course through our fights, quote-unquote. And the reason I put them in quotes is because some of them are I'm questioning the way they're coded. So I'm going to just talk about them and my thoughts. Unfortunately, the biggest fight this weekend is a little bit of a joke and a slap in the face of the business because it's coded as an exhibition fight. And I suspect it's coded as an exhibition fight because one of the people inside of this thinks that they're going to take an L and likely are by dominant fashion. Unfortunately, the top billing fight, Tommy Fury fighting KSI on DAZN pay-per-view. 10 rounds of cruiserweight action. Of course, it doesn't matter because it's an exhibition, which means records are protected. If it's true that it's an exhibition, I didn't think it was an exhibition. I thought it was a real fight where somebody's going to lose their O because Tommy Fury, of course, is undefeated. He was able to beat Jake Paul. KSI is undefeated. His only real win on the pro side was a gift against Logan Paul. So I am looking at this like, man, this is what a freaking waste. And so if it was a real fight, I would cover it like a real fight. This is not a real fight because apparently, allegedly, this is coded as an exhibition. If it turns out that it's a real fight, it's just miscoded, then I think it's a decent fight where I would give Tommy Fury the easy win because I don't think very much of KSI as a fighter. I think he sucks, horribly sucks. They're counting records, and I'm like, KSI has done nothing but exhibitions. He only has, I'm pretty sure he only has the one pro fight. So he has one pro fight, but yet he's got a bunch of knockouts and stoppages on the exhibition. At some point, bro, you got to step up and say, put the O on the line and let's see what happens here. But with then Tommy Fury, the criticism on him was, well, he the scorecards, right? The outcome with Jake Paul, but you got to look at it in perspective. Tommy Fury won every damn round. It wasn't that, it wasn't nearly as close as the scorecards made it seem. Tommy Fury easily watched this dude. So I am not at any, again, there's no, not going to be an outcome. If it's true that it's an exhibition, that's why I'm not doing full-on spot coverage of that. I think it's a joke. The undercard then, this is 10 rounds at Cruiserweight as well. Again, same zone pay-per-view, and yes, this one's also a joke. Even though it doesn't look like it's an exhibition, it looks like it's a real fight, I still think it's a joke for what it is. Allegedly, this is what I'm told, allegedly the return of Logan Paul to the boxing ring, stepping away from WWE to come back, put on the gloves, and fight Dylan Dennis. Dylan Dennis, of course, has never fought as a boxer. He's never fought as a pro, as a boxer. This will be his debut on this one. Logan Paul has a loss, his only pro fight. That's, of course, Floyd Money Mayweather, who beat him. People criticized Floyd for that fight. Obviously, Logan came in oversized and still couldn't deal with Money Mayweather. Mayweather easily won the fight. Logan Paul doesn't have any wins because he got robbed by KSI. This one, of course, is coded not as an exhibition, so I'll cover it like a real fight. Logan Paul should have no trouble dealing with Dylan Dennis. Dylan Dennis has a look, but Logan Paul should have no trouble with this guy. Logan Paul has the reach advantage over this guy. Logan Paul has the age advantage over this guy. Logan Paul has the height advantage over this guy. I would argue Logan Paul has the athleticism advantage over this guy, and that's not dinging on Dylan Dennis, but the point is Dylan Dennis has never laced up a pair of gloves in the boxing business to fight as a pro, where Logan Paul has done so on Minimum two occasions. Logan Paul has stayed active. 
because he had to go to WWE. People criticize because WWE scripted. It doesn't really matter because you're still having to be in good shape to do what they're doing. And he's taken some major bumps and he's been out there in front of major crowds. That's going to play in a factor. You know, if you're in front of major size crowds, how do you behave? Are you nervous? Are you doing the headlights? And Logan Paul's used to it. Dylan Dennis from his other career, which I believe is MMA, but that's fine. That's MMA though. It's a different ball game in the boxing business. And I think this one is a wash for Logan Paul. I doubt, I strongly doubt, I strongly doubt Dylan Dennis gets this deal. Afterwards, Logan Paul said, you know, I'm open to fighting my, even my brother because now might be the right time to do this. I'm open to fighting KSI again. I don't want to see that because it's a waste of time. But I'm watching this and I'm like, this, okay. <laughs> Why are we having this fight? Now let's get to some real boxing, shall we? 12 rounds of middleweight action. We're now switched over to ESPN in the U.S. Sky Sports in the U.K. Uh, Jenebek Alam Conley fighting the current champion, Vincenzo Gualtieri. And I, I criticized this one before because I'm like, how the hell did this guy become champion at 160? And apparently, I didn't see this, but apparently after Triple G vacated the title, there was a vacate belt fight. He won the title, and so he's there. And this guy, I did some research on the background of him. He's not a terrible fighter, but it's somebody made the, the analogy on NSB He's like the Paulie Malinology in middleweight. You know, he's not, he's going to hit you with the jab. He's going to outbox you. He's going to be a distance and you can't get close to the dude. I would, I would agree with this. He just has unanimous decision, not the unanimous decision. He seems like a solid fighter in his own right, but he's not going to excite you. He's not going to go after you. Alan Conley, he's going to work to try to get you out of there if he sees an opportunity. And so this is going to be a good test to him because if he can't get inside on this dude, he might take an L. Alan Conley, of course, is a southpaw. Alam Conley has a height advantage. Alam Conley has as one main disadvantage to him, which causes me to question his ability to beat this guy, which is rounds in the books. They debuted at the same time. Gualtieri has more rounds in the books. Gualtieri has gone the distance way more. And you might think that's a bad thing. It's not a bad thing because you have more rounds in the books, which means you have more experience, which means you have more experience going the distance and lasting under fire. So that is going to play into Gualtieri's factor. Do I think that Gualtieri beats Alan Conley? No, I don't. But I'm saying this will be a good test for Alan Conley to see where he's at if he's able to deal with that type of a style. This is this one reminds me of, you know, like Man Bun, Formella, and Sean Porter, right? Where Sean Porter's just going after this dude, hitting him with everything he wants, but it didn't matter because Formella was still there, still banging back. It's just he's outclassed. He doesn't have the power. He's not able to deal with it. Gualtieri's not going to stand and bang. Gualtieri, I think, is going to do like a boring-ass Frank Sanchez and just box at range, but doesn't really have the power to get Alan Conley's respect. I think Alan Conley's too durable for this one. I'm not going to call it a bum fight. I think it's a decent fight. I just think that it's going to be a test, more than a test it probably should be. This is a unification. It unifies for 160, so that's the positive of this. If we're trying to get a new 160 unified champion, this is the way to do it. So the winner of this this match right here will be the IBF champion and the WBO champion. So I'll take that. That's, that's something to get out of this one on the undercard of that same event, 10 rounds of lightweight action. I'm excited to see this one. Uh, Keyshawn Davis, he's making his return against Nair Albright. I like this fight a lot, even though uh, Albright's been slipping ever recently. He's not older. He just has been slipping off in performance. I think something's been off with him and I'm not sure what it is. Obviously, I think really highly of Keyshawn Davis. I think he gets a bum rap. 
the way that they're presenting him, you know, media and his promoter, I think they're promoting him a different way than what he really is. He seems like a very grounded dude. He seems like he's level-headed and he's focused on trying to get big fights and he's not like pressing to get them. He'll, he'll call guys out, but it's not like he's putting himself out there like a, you know, Blair Cobbs, right. Or really Romero. He's, he's more laid back about it. He just says, I'm just going to show that I'm that guy and I'm ready for the next level. And he goes in there and he stylistically beats people at his, you know, at his own craft. And so he gets criticism because he tends not to go for knockouts. It's like, if it's there, he'll take it, which I think is good for him on this one. I see no reason Albright wins this fight. That's not dinging on Albright. Albright's a young guy, but Albright's been slipping. There's something off with him and I don't know what it is. Hopefully he's able to show a good performance, but I think this is going to be a blowout. I think Keyshawn's just going to completely embarrass the dude in a boring masterclass. I don't think there's going to be any chance that Albright gets in the fight at any point. He may land some shots, but I think Keyshawn's just going to show a boxing masterclass and we're going to be, you know, bored out of the building. And then, you know, places like NSB and others are going to criticize Keyshawn Davis for being quote boring because he's just going to do the minimum he needs to do to get the win. If Keyshawn ever listens to this, and I doubt he does, but if he does, what I would say is the same thing I said to Ashaki Foster. Put a stamp on this. You know, just get the dude out of there. Don't don't sit back and box master unanimous like you did your last fight. Get the dude out of there. You don't have to step it up all the way, but, you know, when you see that this dude is not in there and this is a freaking 10-rounder and you're at round three and you see this guy's not in your class, put a stamp on it. Get the guy out of there. Move on. Preserve yourself, because think about it. Yes, it's good to get rounds in the books, and he's, you know, Keyshawn's only had nine fights, so he's still young. He's only 24, so he does need rounds in the books. I'm saying put a stamp on it every single round. Don't just box back with a jab and do the bare minimums. I'm saying each round, as you see, this dude has nothing for you. Put a stamp on it. Make sure this dude understands he's not he's not in your class, and you're going to get him the hell out of there. Just put a stamp on it every round is all I'm saying. I'm not suggesting go for knockout. I'm saying make sure the judges are crystal clear. You're here and you're way better than this dude and get people talking about you because I think you're ready for that next level, potentially to step up and get closer to a title shot here in the near future. And I would love to see him in the mix, but I don't want to see him rushed either. And he's not going to get those good opportunities if he's just stinking the joy out. I mean, look at boring ass Frank Sanchez. Now we're going to switch over to the zone. This is out in Mexico. This one, I... Decently like the fight. I don't want to say it's a great fight. It's a decent fight. Ten rounds at lightweight action. Again, the zone on U.S. and worldwide. Oh, Miguel Burchelt makes his return against Diego Alberto Ruiz. I I like this fight a lot. Um, of course, it's the zone, so who knows what's going to happen with the judges, but Burchelt should have no trouble winning this fight, and I say that not to ding on Ruiz. Ruiz has been in the game quite a good amount of time. He's got a decent amount of experience, but he's been on a slip. He just won his last fight, but he's been on a decline. It's been hard for him to maintain throughout the fights, and he seems to just tail off in the second half for some reason. I don't know what that's all about. Meanwhile, Rochelle, he's coming off two knockout losses. So I think the matchup's good as a rebuild for Rochelle to see where he's at and getting back up on a winning streak. But at the same time, momentum's going to play a factor here. Is Rochelle mentally still there? to fight at the upper level, or is Ruiz going to shock the world? Because Ruiz should not win this fight. And I'm not dinging on Ruiz. I'm saying he should not beat Miguel Rochelle. Based on what I saw, there should be no way he's able to do this. So if he's able to do it, 
I'm going to be thinking Rochelle needs to hang it up because there should be no reason he loses this fight. But it's possible that those two knockout losses, because Rochelle was on a major run of knockouts and stoppages, and then all of a sudden he just gets derailed that first knockout. That was that was a late knockout, so he was in the fight, and then he gets knocked out. And then the second one, it's a stoppage in the mid. So it mentally, did he just not show up the second time? And then what happens now? Does he not show up this next time? I'm just, I'm really concerned with what I saw from him in the last two performances where, again, as a good rebuild, this is a good rebuild matchup style-wise. The numbers are roughly the same. Rochelle has a reach advantage. They're both orthodox fighters. Rochelle should not struggle with the dude, but it is possible that Ruiz is coming off a high off of his win where he's able to shock the world, and that would be a huge win for him that would position him for a title shot, absolutely. The other fights I see here, 12 rounds at flyweight action. Felix Alvarado fights Angel Ayala, uh, Larda Zabal. I'm, I don't know Larda Zabal. I've never heard of him. Uh, prior to this, I obviously know Felix Alvarado. I like Felix Alvarado a lot. I looked at the numbers on this fight. I think it's a good style matchup, but unfortunately, Alvarado is a little bit on the older side. Larda Zabal seems like he's on the rise, so it's, he's the younger guy. He has a really good win record. He's a stylistically sound boxer from what I did see. I saw a little bit. What's not in his favor is experience, obviously, because he's young. But he's fighting at a pretty good clip. He's fighting good pace. He's not a knockout artist. He's an outboxer. Alvarado's coming off a knockout loss, or excuse me, a decision loss, not knockout, decision loss. So I'm curious to see in this one if Larda Zabal is able to just completely outbox Alvarado or if Alvarado could put his experience to play and beat this guy. My gut leans more towards Alvarado. I think that Alvarado's experience is going to play in now. Because it's flyweight and because Alvarado is on the older side, he's leaning a little bit older. He's not like at past his prime, but he's leaning a little bit older. And Lardis Ball has a significant height advantage over him. My guess tells me Alvarado's going to get outboxed, you know, early on, and then he's going to make an adjustment and be able to get the decision, possibly a close decision. That's my gut speaking. I don't know. If Alvarado tries to go for a knockout, I think it might be to his detriment. He might end up getting clipped with something and taken out, and I hope that doesn't happen. So I hope he, I don't know if he ever listens, but I hope he fights smart on this one, realize that you have more, way more experience than this dude, realize that you have been in the game longer, you've seen more styles, let him expose his style to you and then make adjustments and deal with him, and then I think Alvarado gets the W. If he doesn't do that and Alvarado tries to go for a knockout, I can easily see Lars Ball pulling something where he clips Alvarado and gets him out of there, and hopefully that doesn't happen. But if he does, I'll be keeping an eye on Lardis Ball. He'll definitely be positioned for something in the future there. Now we're going to switch over to Fight TV. This is in U.S. and overseas, Fight.TV. This is an overhouse in Germany now. This may not, I mean, it's only Fight TV, right? So it's not broadcast on a big platform, but 12 rounds at super welterweight action. Never heard of either guy, so I'm going to put that up front. Milan Prat fighting Slava Spomer. Again, never heard of either guy. I looked at the numbers on the two. It's hard to get a pulse on this one because they actually are very evenly matched in terms of uh, levels of experience in the books, number of fights. Uh, they're pretty evenly matched. Neither guy's lost. Uh, one of them is a little bit more of an aggressor. The younger guy is a little bit more of an aggressor. The older guy is more of a boxer. I don't know. I don't want to call this fight most online. Think Prot knocks out Spomer. I can't say he will or won't. It's hard to say because I don't know enough about both. 
Just on the numbers, though, it's a really good match fight. So I think this one's worth watching. I think you, you may see a knockout from these. They're both undefeated, so it's definitely worth your time. The set, the down point, of course, is it's Fight TV. So now you're having to jump from zone to Fight TV to ESPN to see all these good fights. And that's really unfortunate for the business. The other, I would argue, this is a big fight. People don't agree with me, but this is on Showtime. It's out in Gold Coast, Australia. 12 rounds of super welterweight action. Tim Zhu finally makes his return. He's fighting Brian Mendoza. Brian Mendoza, if you forgot, because it's been a while, Brian Mendoza is the one who upsets Sebastian Fundora, the real tall, lanky dude, you know, upset him, knocked him out after dropping six rounds. Brian Mendoza exposed one thing about Fundora, and you may not have known this, and I want to tell the story because it's going to play into the fight, I think, here. Sebastian Fundora actually has sight issues. It's not that he's, he's not blind, but he has sight issues where he can only really clearly see if you're up close. And so you might have noticed in Sebastian Fundora's fights, he always wants to fight in the trench, even though he's this big, tall, lanky dude, and you're figuring he should keep him on the end of the punch. But he doesn't do it because he can't clearly see the connects unless he's in close. Well, that makes him, he puts him at risk. And so he's just trained to fight in the trenches, even though it's counter to what he normally would do, just like with Paul Williams. If you fight at range because you're using your height, you're using your range advantage, it actually makes you a very dangerous fighter because it's hard to get inside. With Fundora, it was very easy to get inside because he was all too happy to go to war. With Brian Mendoza, Fundora was actually beating him in the trenches all the way up through six, and then all of a sudden, Mendoza lands a bomb. But, you know, Fundora goes Bambi, literally, because his legs goes Bambi, and that was the end of Sebastian Fundora. He hasn't been seen since. He'll probably be back, but he hasn't been seen since. It was a brutal knockout. But the story is that Brian Mendoza was dropping every round prior to that knockout. My point is that Tim Zhu is an aggressor. Tim Zhu will try to get you out of there. Tim Zhu will fight very hard to make sure he puts a stamp on every single win, which I do respect of him. I do think he's being overrated ever slightly, but he has notable wins on the record. So what I think you're going to see here is Tim Zhu completely decimate Brian Mendoza. If I'm wrong, and Mendoza's able to pull something out like he did against Fundora, it would be a shocking win for Mendoza, and you got to start giving him his chops. But I don't think it's going to happen. Now, let's look at the numbers just to break down why I feel that Tim Zeus is going to dominate this dude. Roughly on the surface, they're just about the same. They're both orthodox fighters. Reach is about the same. Height's about the same. Age is about the same. Number of fights in the books is about the same. You know, I think Mendoza has like one more fight other than Tim Zhu. Beyond that, knockout ratio is about the same. Number of wins is very close. Years of experience is reasonably close. Rounds in the books is reasonably close. Like, if you look at the numbers, there should be no reason at all that it would be a 50-50, or excuse me, a blowout for Tim Zhu. If you looked at the numbers, you're like, this got to be a 50-50 fight. I say it's not a 50-50 fight because Tim Zhu is an aggressor. Tim Zhu is going to try to get you out of there. Brian Mendoza just happens to be able to get you out of there even when he's not really trying to get you out of there. And so I'm not dismissing Mendoza. I think highly of him. He's coming off of a three-fight streak of knockouts. So it's not like I'm putting him off the side. I'm saying that Tim Zhu, I believe, is a different level fighter, and it's going to be a risk where if Mendoza does what he normally would do, which is try to go after you, I think Tim Zhu is going to wash him. If Mendoza boxes smart, I think Tim Zhu is going to swarm him. Like I, it almost feels like Zhu is going to be able to adjust to everything we see. If I get it wrong, and Mendoza makes a flaw, makes a critical mistake, a fatal mistake, and Zhu's able to go out there and, you know, put himself at risk, right? So let's say that Mendoza makes a mistake, he gets wobbled or something, Zhu goes after him, 
and then Mendoza is able to land a bomb, just like he did against Pandora. That's what I'm talking about. If that happens, he'll shock the world. He will easily shock the world. Tim Zhu's been a little bit distracted, but it didn't seem to stop him against prior fights. I, I think this is a good fight. If you were going to watch any fight this weekend, and this is going to happen tomorrow, I think you should watch this one on Showtime. I think it's going to be the best fight of all the ones I see on docket is going to be Tim Zhu versus Brian Mendoza. I'm leaning towards Tim Zhu only because I think Tim Zhu is just a level above, but I'm watching to see if Mendoza can pull something out like he did against Pandora. The last fight I see, which is the undercard of that same fight, 12 rounds at featherweight action. Sam Goodman's fighting Miguel Flores. I'm aware of Miguel Flores because he's been in the business a long time. He's been on a significant decline. I'm not aware of Goodman. Goodman's on somewhat of a rise. He's a youngish guy. I watched the numbers and I watched the records and, you know, Goodman's a pretty stylistically good boxer. He's not going to try to get you out of there. He's it's This is a good build fight for him. This is a fight for him to get an easy win so that he can look good for the next level up. So I think it's a good fight to look at. So this whole deal, this whole event on Showtime, stylistically, just in terms of matching and everything else, feels like the strongest of all of the ones that's there is on the Showtime side versus DAZN or ESPN or Fight TV. But if you're a boxing fan, you're going to check all these different ones out. The one I definitely would like to, I'm really curious about, is Tim Zhu versus Brian Mendoza. I think that one is going to, that one is going to tell us some things. It's going to tell us where Tim Zhu is and whether he's ready for that next level. It's going to tell us where Brian Mendoza is, fresh off his knockout win. It's going to tell us a lot about both guys. They're very highly ranked, number one and number three by the ring. Trust me, if you're going to check out one, let's say you don't have the time, Tim Zhu versus Brian Mendoza on Showtime is what you want to check out. That's going to do it. I will check in with you after the fights are wrapped up.